You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. They offer just about every battery under the sun. From car and truck batteries to batteries for your trail cameras and rangefinders. Select retail locations even offer cell phone repair and cracked screen repair. Find a local retail location at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Maximizer Mineral is top grade, top shelf, top notch. Read your seed tags. Even though it's not a seed, you can read the tag. Read the back of the bag. Check it out. Compare the differences. It's not all about salt content. Uh, if you go to the doctor, and I, I, I'm sure that I'm, everybody on here has been told, hey, you don't need to be eating any more salt. It's not doing anything for you. Well, it's the same way with the mineral, man. Actually, you want real minerals, not just one. Too much salt. Bad, bad thing. So, man, that was super simple right there. I love it. Sure was. Just like the product. It's simple, but it's effective. Throw out some Maximizer Mineral. Head out to www.realworldwildlifeproducts.com and identify a dealer near you if you want to feed something out to your deer herd that actually makes a difference. Check it out. That's what I call pro talk. When you really don't know the answer, you just make it up. My rut is that I am in a rut. To get the pilot of Red Arrow going. There's really a way to skip class. I want to say, hey, those boys right there in the That's the nicest thing anybody's ever said on this podcast. Alex Rutledge here with American Roots Outdoors TV. Hey, this is Leanne Tiffany Lukowski from the Crest TV. Hi, I'm Don Higgins. This is Jeff Lindsay. Hey, everybody, this is Mark Dury with Dury Outdoors. Hey, this is Craig Fitz of Train Assassins TV. You're listening to Dave and CP on Pro Talk Outdoors, the craziest two I know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pro Talk Outdoors. We're doing a, a morning episode today, and this is from my current house where I've lived, well, I guess uh, about six years now, and this will be the last April that I live in this house. Thank goodness. It's been a wonderful home. Bought it brand new but i'm ready to move on to to greener pastures here in two or three months man speaking of speaking of the new gilroy's place i know i drove by there on the way down <laughs> man i drove i drove by could couldn't resist going by the lease and which takes you right the, by the gilroy's yeah, rolling the window down just for a minute and just listening to those beautiful spring sounds of birds gobbling I know, I know, and uh, man, it sure would have been nice to have been in there by April this year because that property that we're moving on to is such an exceptional turkey property that I could have been on the back porch listening. We could have been recording listening to birds right now. Uh, oh, yeah. But this time next year, we will. Yeah. It's 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 pretty exciting and, and surreal, but on that note, it has made my life so busy, so, so busy, and I mean, even though I'm not physically building the home myself... I'm very actively involved on a day-to-day basis with the builder in getting everything the way it needs to be, plus my regular day job, and plus everything else that I <laughs> choose to throw on myself on a on a regular basis. And man, it has left me a little bit less prepared for turkey season than I feel like I've been since I started hunting birds. Yeah, I mean, 
Look, we're both in the same boat as far as busy. I mean, busy, busy, busy. Busy's a good thing, though. I mean, that just means, you know, things are going well. You know, uh, I, I'm, I'm in the process of getting getting our home ready to sell and then and then uh, moving out to the new place as well. And then on top of that, you know, re- essentially two full-time jobs, not even counting our, our Pro Talk Outdoors exactly. gig here. You know, exactly. so, um, and, and I got to tell you, man, every time I get a free moment, it is so tough. It's like, do I go to the lake? Do I go listen for birds? Do I go mushroom hunting? I mean, what the heck does a guy do? I mean, there is spring is five years ago. If you asked me what my favorite time of year was, I would without a doubt say it was the fall. Now it's there's no question, no it's question in my mind. The spring is by far away my favorite time of year. I love to chase turkeys. Can't wait to get after them. That's happening really soon for us in Kentucky. Man, but it's the lake just keeps calling me stronger and stronger all the time. Look, this past weekend, Savannah and I went over for a, uh, a charity bass tournament on, on Patoka. It was the uh, Tony Bennett Memorial mm-hmm. Foundation mm-hmm. Uh, holds an annual bass tournament over there, which I'll tell you right now, folks, we stunk it up. We totally stunk that up. We went over there and fished hard all day Saturday, just preparing. I shouldn't say all day. It's like four hours in the rain. Got bit a couple of times. Found something at the end of the day I felt pretty good about. You know, caught caught a couple. Got, I thought, man, I shook them off. I thought, I'm going to come right back to this spot. It was so terrible the day of the tournament. I'm talking 45 degrees, 15 to 20 mile per hour winds, and mm. torrential downpours all day long. That's that stuff that feels like needles. Absolutely. Like, we, we ran across the lake. And Savannah's over there. She's got the rain gear on. I mean, she's completely covered, head to toe. You know, nothing's exposed. No skin exposed to the, the, the downpour or whatever. And we get over there, and she looks over at me, and she's like, why is your face so red? I'm like, you you don't understand. I just got like a tattoo covered my entire face. That's what it felt like. Like oh, I'm I getting bet. tattooed the whole time. It was absolutely horrible. And then you got tattooed on the lake trying to catch them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, didn't even weigh in a fish. Mother Nature tattooed you. Didn't even weigh in a fish, you know, but it was for a good cause, so didn't mind that at all. But I still, I say all that to say this, I still love being out there. Still love being out there. It was miserable, but I love being out there. Anybody that's ever listened to this show knows that when it comes to the outdoors, bass fishing is always going to be my ultimate passion for it. And and I've always felt the way you felt in in that I I just can't get enough of it. And I took a day off last week, actually, went up to – Biscoff Reservoir up in um, like a Batesville, Indiana, which I didn't realize how much money is in Batesville, Indiana. Um, that is Casket Company. Casket Company, and, and I think there's a couple other industries. Honda's close to there? Uh, Honda's in Greensburg, I know. Oh, I, maybe yeah. there's one in Batesville, too, but it, it's a very apparently industrial and well-off area. The homes around this reservoir, it's 192 acres, are immaculate. I mean, I, I I dare say that there isn't a single home there valued at less than four hundred thousand plus. A little bit nicer than what you see on the shores of Hardy Lake. Uh, just a little bit nicer than Windy Shores. <laughs> so, uh, it, getting out there, it, it had several boats. I think ten or twelve, which looked like a pretty decent amount of boats for the size that it was. And man, it, as beautiful a day as it was, it was about twenty four hours before a front was going to move through. We'd had a lot of stable conditions leading up to that day. Uh, the forecasted high was 72, partly cloudy, uh, had a good wind at about 8 miles an hour coming out of the south. You thought, 
This perfect is, recipe. This is perfect recipe. And I'm here to tell you that we stunk it up, and we had a hard time. And it wasn't just us. The entire lake struggled. Uh, most of the guys were pan fishing. There were a few other bass boats out there. And there were 20 fish caught between the 12 boats the entire day. And I had three of them. So it, was, it wasn't the ideal day by, by any stretch, and none of us could really figure out why. And, and mine were mainly on a, a swim bait. Uh, very very subtle light strikes, and I'm I'm not sure if we were too far ahead of the front, or if there was some sort of I, I dare say an invent a meteorological term a sub front that had occurred, that, but something wasn't right, and, and maybe it's just the reservoir, maybe Wait, it was the fishermen. Well, I don't know. I don't. I think without getting too technical, I think I can I can offer maybe some sort of uh, reasoning behind the struggle there, because it was around about that same day, give or take one day that Savannah and I went out to the lease and and you know we we hit it pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't catch the bass hard, you know, very well. And, and here's what I think the situation was: that water temp. Uh, is right there. I think there's a lot of fish that are actually actively on the beds right now, especially in that smaller lake around 192 acres. I think that uh, there's a lot of spawning fish right now, and they just if you don't put it in their bed, because we did have those bites where, you know, throwing a swim bait, you know, where they would move it off, but mm-hmm. they just weren't eating. Right. They, they were not eating well. You could get bit often, but you couldn't get a hook in them very well. Yep. So, we, you know, we transferred over and get, you know, we smashed the crappie. Well, yeah, but you uh, but I really think that was probably your issue and our issue also that same day. Well, and the thing about going to the Lease Lake or other lakes that I'm more familiar with, you know, I, I'm especially with Navionics, you can find good hard bottom and and where fish beds are going to be. You know, you can find some flats and things. There was no hard bottom. There was almost no structure in the bottom of this lake. We found a little bit of hydrilla, and I caught a fish on a. Uh, red-eyed shad in in the hydrilla basically just ripping it out of it and it was more or less an accident it was a 12 inch fish <laughs> but uh we struggled to find any sort of good area for for spawn i just you know i was hoping for some gravel bottom or something some slate something somewhere and never really could track that down and it was funny we, we got out there a little bit late and of course we had an issue i casted parallel to the boat and Leroy was in the front of the boat, and our lines got tangled up, and he was reeling his in and didn't realize how tangled he was with mine. And then he hit the trolling motor, and my line went around the prop. And so oh. I get down, and I'm unscrewing the wing nut from the back of the prop so I can take it off. And, of course, the, the pin that locks in that nut with the shaft went bloop, right in the water. And we hadn't been on the water more than 15 minutes. so we had That's to, a bad feeling. So we had to get back <laughs> off go to a hardware store and uh, come up with a pin and, and get back on the water, and we still ended up, you know, catching a couple. But it was it was a very rough day. That's a bad feeling when that happens. Uh, man, well, and, and the worst part was Leroy was back there saying, now watch that pin. It's going to fly out of there. And I had my hand underneath <laughs> it, you know. I, I was unscrewing with my right, and I had my left hand underneath, and it, and it just found either a hole between my fingers or between my thumb and first finger. Leroy didn't tell you he had that thing with a spring behind it. He had spring loaded in there, man. Well, he, he knew it. He's like, "Watch it, it's gonna jump on you." Well, he had spent the last five <laughs> minutes getting unhung himself, so uh, you know, I, I guess uh, I don't know. It just wasn't our day. No, it's, I mean sometimes it'd be like that. That's you know? all, that's all right. But you alluded to it earlier. We've got turkey season right around the corner, and, and around the time this episode launches, is we'll, we'll be a, about time to to get out there and get after it. And obviously, I've got an annual tradition. 
of uh, La Camarones Diabla on the Friday night before the Kentucky opener. And I, and I don't know why I continue to torture myself in these ways. Yourself? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let me just tell you guys, a few years ago before my very first turkey season, I happened to go to a Mexican restaurant. So it was not intentional. And I had Camarones Diablo, which is devil shrimp, just hot shrimp, just a plate of hot shrimp and rice and just stuff that's just terrible for your gut. To and and I've had this stuff before. I've tried it since then, you know, and, and I don't like it. I don't. I love I love spicy food and I love shrimp, but I don't like. That. I only eat it once a year, you know. And so Too often. I, I had so much fun that next morning, and, and we ended up having a good little outtake on video. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make it a yearly tradition. And and last year, man, that one was that one was tough. That was a tough opening day all the way around. Truthfully. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to repeat that one. No, no, we we don't. But we're we're rolling into a turkey season now, and and. People that have listened to this show probably understand a little bit about our property over there in that it has a little bit of traffic in it because of a shared easement. It's got a property owner that treats us so, so well, but he's looking at potentially building on it. So there's a little bit of uh, uncertainty that occurs on that property because of his activity. And you've got a blind up on it now. We're set up and, and ready, technically, in the area that is usually our most successful spot. But how do you feel about it this year? You know, listening to the birds, you, you went over there in the middle of the day, so that's a little different than the early part of the day. But how do you feel heading into our opener? Uh, you know, I feel uncertain about, uh, about you know, where the birds are going to be, uh, how many birds we're going to have. I, you know, I did have a couple birds gobble while I was putting the blind up. Now, here's what I do feel really, really good about. Our clover over there. Our real world wildlife products clover chicory blend, it looks phenomenal. Like, I mean, it's the best stand of clover I have ever seen, bar none, at any point in time, which is saying something for you and I getting out there and putting <laughs> this clover out. Uh, That's true. You know, and, and, and we just did a, a frost seed over it. It was existing already. We just did a frost seed over it. Man, it's so thick, lush. Looks extremely good. Um, so. And I had in my mind thinking that I wanted to put the blind on the other end of the property just because of where the birds typically come from, where they're located. But, man, after seeing that clover, I was like, I want to sit here. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. <laughs> I want to sit here on this clover, and I believe that the birds will come out there. Well, we both filled tags there last year. Obviously, you, you did opening day there, right. and then I did, a, well, it was, I think it was six, seven days later. Right, well, no, it wouldn't have been seven. It was during the week, so I think it was probably more like five or six days after that. Uh, so I, it, it can definitely be done there. There are birds over there. But we don't have the prime turkey property there. We're a neighbor to a wonderful, spectacular, off-the-charts good turkey property. So any bird we kill, truthfully, is coming off of that. I've never shot a bird over there that didn't come off of that on the hilltop. Uh, yeah, we, we do have to – got to give them some sweet sweet sing, singing voice over there to get them to, to come over to us because that or we need some help from, from Jamie, our neighbor. We need some help from him to push them our way. Shoo them over there. Well, <laughs> I, I said it in the last episode, you know, so often in life it's not uh, what you say, but it's how you say it. And I, I think it's the exact opposite with turkey. Yes, there's a lot of guys who are incredibly skilled, national callers. I mean, you, you can listen to him and you're like, wow, that is a gifted woodsman. He's, he is gifted. That's how he says it. But I think it's more important in the turkey woods as of what you say. And 
I only believe that's true because I wouldn't have had any success on my own if it wasn't true because I'm not a good caller. I'm flat out bad with a mouth call. I can make a couple noises with a mouth call that will work barely. Uh, I'm respectable with a pot call. I don't even ever use a slate box call. You know, I or, I, I never do. I, but in, in no way, shape, or form am I considered – a, a good caller. I'm average at best on my best day, but I, I kill a bird every year somehow because I've played my cards right as to what I say and make it sound just good enough that it gets the job done. And that's that's a very good point, JP. And I'm not a good caller either. I, I've I've been turkey hunting for many many years, and I am not uh, I'm not somebody that's ever going to win a call championship. Or but you're compete. far better than the average guy. You are above average. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. But but here's the thing. And what you said speaks volumes. It is more so about knowing when to call and how to call, not necessarily how you sound in making that call. Because there's been all kinds of studies. And, look, there's no way that any of us are ever going to be able to get in the head of a turkey. Uh, and Not a lot of and, space in and, there. And, and, yeah, and realize exactly <laughs> what we sound like. But there's a lot of studies out there that say, a turkey doesn't hear the same sounds that humans hear. That you know they're hearing in uh, frequencies and things. So you know they're not hearing that beautiful yelp that uh, you know uh, Mark Drury is throwing out there. You know or uh, Eddie Salter or any of those Nate Hosey, any of those guys that can just really call well. They're not hearing that entire. They're hearing just a little part of that frequency. What about Birdsong? He's got the best last name for calling. Yeah, ever. Ex- well, exactly, Randy. You know, I mean. So it's more important exactly when you call um, and the type of call you make, you know. And so it, it, it it's really – I guess I would challenge anybody. If they feel like they just can't call, go try. You know, don't don't be hesitant. If you if you're out hunting with a buddy and one of you calls better than the other, don't don't be afraid of screwing up. That's a good time to get out there and learn. You know, try to try to call and try to communicate with those birds. Well, and something I've noticed in the in the times that you and I have hunted together is there's sometimes a little bit of result when you've got both guys in the the area that will call because they sound different. Right. And and it almost paints a picture to the birds that hey, there's more than one hen over there. One of them's probably ugly as sin and I'm not interested in, and the other one, man, she sounds pretty good. She ought to be on a hotline. But either way, he's going to come check it out because he <laughs> wants to see what's going on over there. Yeah, one of them, one of them's saying, come here, big boy. Okay. And the other one's saying, yeah, come on over here. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, it's managed to get us results and – uh, you know, it would probably be better footage and better audio for in a strut if I was a better caller. Uh, but I, you know, and it's, I don't want to say that I don't care. I practice. I want to get better, and I'm slowly getting better. But I don't put the time into uh, learning the specific tones and, and getting perfect at it that I'd put into in scouting or identifying where bards are because I, I just that's just not my strategy. I would rather hunt an area well, and be smart. passable as a caller, then yeah. spend all my time calling and expect that I could pop up in any grassy field and make them come to me, regardless of how far they are yeah, away. And, and that's smart. That's just good time usage. And, and here's the thing. A woodsman is a good woodsman is going to kill far more animals than somebody that just can call well or sound good. Because, for, for number one, really, if you learn to be a really good caller, most likely, and, and there's going to be guys that are listening to this are going to say, Dave's an idiot. He's wrong. And that that may be fair, but you're gonna you're gonna 
learn how to call real well, and the person that's going to benefit the most is just you or whoever's listening to you call. It's not going to benefit your bird hunting as much as just knowing when to call, how to call, how often to call, when not to call. You're you're 100% right. Obviously, we've got uh, a setup in Indiana where in the fall we had a ton of birds that were showing up on our lease that we didn't have in the spring. You just listened this morning on the way out here to do this episode, and, and you said you were there five minutes and heard three different birds. So do yep. you think that property is setting up a little differently than what it did last year, or do you think we're going to be at our normal haunts for the Indiana season? No, I, I do. I, I feel like a bird's going to die there on our lease, and, and here's here's why. You know, c- coming into last year, or going into last year, I should say, there was no food there at all. Um, there was no food source on the property all fall, the pre- previous fall or anything. It didn't get, you know, didn't get planted by the farmer. We weren't there to food plot it. So we essentially had nothing there. Um, this year is it, set up much better because we had the, the deadly dozen there before. And then we went in and frost seeded over top of that part of that with, uh, with the clover chicory blend, which the dozen is a sneaky, decent it, spring it, it is. stand. If it's got any of it left for, it, and for it birds. is, you know, I looked at it the other day or last week when Savannah and I went fishing out there and, and it's, it looks really good. And there's some turkey tracks in there and there's birds gobbling over there in the woods. And, uh, I think we retained a fair amount of birds on the property right now due to that. So, uh, look, we've got good nesting cover all around the edge of that field. I mean, it's really good nesting cover, nice and thick, and up there in the tornado woods is what we call it. So um, we've got everything there. We've got the cover, the food, uh, water, everything that a bird needs. So I feel like that uh, we're going to be set up real well there this spring. Looking forward to it. Uh, Obviously, season's opening all around the country pretty quick here. You know, if they haven't yet, they're going to very soon. Uh, I hope everybody stays safe. You know, go shoot your gun a couple times or your, your bow or whatever it is you're using. Get get ready and uh, man, everybody be safe. Watch yeah, out. Yeah, I got I got to say this for snakes man. and ticks. <laughs> yeah, I, definitely watch out for snakes. But man, shoot your guns, guys. I tell you, don't just assume that your gun is on and and it don't fire one shot and think you're good. You do not want to go through the spell that I went through and no. missing. I don't even know how many times psychologically, five, six man. birds or something. I mean, it it was bad. And it, you don't want to be the guy felt, that hunts with him either because that's like, hard to watch. I felt like the Indiana Hoosiers on the free throw line. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't hit water if I fell out of a boat. Come on now. Uh, yeah, it was it was a bad deal. Um, but, guys, be safe. Spray some permethrin on your on your clothes. You'll thank me later. Permethrin's huge, guys. I, I, I ran into a couple guys. I was out mushroom hunting. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I swung by the uh, Charlestown State Park and ran into a couple guys. And, and I see this on Facebook as well. Everybody's like, boy, the ticks are bad this year. I don't know what to do. I'm spraying that deep woods off. That deep woods off is not going to keep of them off. It is, it is of wasting your money, wasting your time. you got to go with permethrin, guys. If you don't put permethrin on there, you will get covered in ticks. Now, yep. you'll probably still pick up a tick or two here or there, but it will save you so much heartache and, and possibly health issues. Well, some guys are chick magnets, and I'm a tick magnet. And <laughs> if, if there's a tick in the woods – it's going to get on me, and since I've started using the permethrin, it's it's been a breeze. Obviously, there's we're not sponsored. This is a a chemical within. There's a couple different brands. There's Sawyer's. There's uh, I forget who all has them now. There's a bunch of them coming out, but it's the best stuff in the world. If I was going to uh, forget something at home on the turkey season opener, I would rather forget my gun as the permethrin. That's how oh, serious yeah. I am about it. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, use that stuff. Wouldn't it be nice if we could get sponsored by permethrin? Wouldn't it? It's just a chemical, David. Ain't a brand. I know. 
but it'd be nice. I mean, Call this, Sawyer's up. This podcast brought to you by Red Man and Promotion. <laughs> Sounds good. Hey, speaking of companies and and good causes, you talked a little bit about about charity. There's a Lester's Feet Raffle that's going live here very, very soon. And uh, there's some grand prizes that are pretty awesome. And it's actually hunting with a couple guys from Real World Wildlife Products, both man, Don Higgins I, I want, I want and Terry on that, Peer. Man. We're I'm not eligible. You. I don't think we're eligible. I'm, I guarantee you we are. We're going to – I'm going to – I don't know about you. Can't speak for you, but I'm going to buy some raffle tickets. I mean, if we're eligible, I want in. Why are we not eligible? You I'm buying what? raffle tickets. We should ask Terry Peer. Let's do that. Let's step aside for just a minute and get Terry on the phone. You're listening to Pro Talk Outdoors. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Pro Talk Outdoors. Dave and I were uh, talking a little bit about some charitable things. Obviously, he fished a, a charity bass tournament recently, and then we got into uh, a raffle that's going on that Real World Wildlife Products and, and Mr. Terry Peer is involved Chasing with. Chasing Giants podcast. Chasing Giants podcast. Yeah. And uh, I tell you what, it, it sounds like some pretty impressive prizes on the line, Terry, and we wanted to hear it directly from you, what the mission of the raffle is and how people can get involved and, and what it is they, they have to gain if they were to win on a raffle ticket. Well, guys, I just want to first say um, it means a lot that you guys would take a segment out of your show to help me out. Um, I appreciate the friendship and, and the partnership that you guys have had uh, with us for many years. Um, but uh, recently, uh, Don Higgins and I you know, started the Chasing Giants podcast, and it's just blown up, and we've been really grateful for that. But uh, we've always been trying to figure out a way that we can use that platform to help others. And uh, it was just kind of dumb luck that God opened some, well, I guess it's not dumb luck, but we just think that God opened some doors and put some people in connection with us that really gave us an opportunity to try to do some good things. So uh, with respect to everybody's time uh, here and since the beginning of the year, we have started a foundation called the Lester's Feet Foundation. So the website on that is lestersfeetfoundation.org. And what we do is we raise money that goes directly to help families uh, pay bills, um, but the families are chosen based on need, um, usually when they have uh, children with life-changing illnesses. So an example of that would be there is a family called the Ward family from Elizabethtown, Kentucky, um, that has two small little daughters fighting leukemia at the same time, uh, Adley and um, Tenley. So they are living in an apartment in downtown Cincinnati, Ohio, um, not being able to work and uh, have their farm and their house payment due every month and still trying to pay rent while these girls are getting treatment for leukemia. So what we try to do is we step in and we go in and we pay the bills directly. We don't hand families a lot of cash, but, uh, you know, we went in, uh, I believe, in March and paid their house payment and farm payment. We've paid medical payments. Um, there's another family that we paid all the travel expenses to take a special needs girl that's in a wheelchair. She's 10 years old down to Charlotte, North Carolina to get a medical procedure done. We paid all of the transportation costs to, to get them and their family down there. So, um, you know, these medical bills are just so crazy. And when kids have life altering illnesses, the, the parents, they have a hard time working. And uh, we just step in and try to help subsidize some of those bills that are um, that are pressing on them and, and letting them focus on what they need to do, which is taking care of those kiddos. I'm speechless. This is uh, an incredible cause. And, and man, I, I can't thank you enough for starting a mission like that. Um, 
what 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 was the inspiration behind it? I mean, was it was it just something that spoke to you, or what were the roots? Oh boy, of this? we could do a whole podcast on this on this question. Uh, the short story is my oldest daughter. I'm not sure if you guys have met her. Yeah, you have. I think you yes, met her yes. at the Hunters for Haiti event. Yep. She got up and spoke for a little bit. Um, she's always been into mission work, and right now she's part of the fast pitch softball team down at Georgetown College uh, in Central Kentucky. One of the players on that team is next door neighbors with the Ward family, the one that I just mentioned before. So the softball team decides they're going to do a little small fundraiser on campus and try to cover the rent cost for the family uh, as apartment in Cincinnati. So I told my daughter uh, each each player was supposed to raise, I think, one hundred and nine dollars to cover the rent for the for the house that they were staying in or apartment. I'm not sure which. So I told my daughter, I said, you got to You got to do more. Um, just you know, challenging her to do more. And I said, if you raise two hundred dollars, I'll match you. And she's like, really? And I said, yeah. I said, don't just stop at one hundred and nine dollars. Try to get two hundred. And she goes, well, what if I get more? And I said, I'll match whatever you match, what you raise. Well, I should have known my daughter. She going to put a hurting she, on you. <laughs> oh, dude, she, she put a hurting on me. Within like two hours, it was up to like 600, 650 bucks. And I'm like, holy <laughs> were you, cow. Were you trying to pull the reins back a little? Come on now. Let's no, <laughs> I, I, I told her, I was like, uh, okay, keep going. So at the same time, you guys know that I play around in a wood shop and, and have a CNC router and do uh, custom signage for and gifts for uh, for student athletes around our community. And I'd made this goofy little, I call it goofy, it's just this little goofy SD card holder that was for my desk to, because I had like 35 SD cards laying on my, on my desk and they were all unorganized and I wanted to, to organize them. And it's just a little wooden plaque I made out of a scrap piece of, uh, of red oak. And I sent it to a couple buddies, and I'm like, hey, check this out. And, and they're like, you got to start selling them. you got to start selling them. And I'm I just – I don't want another job. You guys know how busy I stay. Sure. And uh, so then when Kalen got up to that, I said, oh, my. I said – and it just – it came out of my mouth before I said it. I was like, well, it's a good thing that uh, um, I've had people want to buy these SD card holders because <laughs> – I'd have to write a really big check. And my wife says, well, why don't you sell them and just donate everything to the family? So within, um, within like an hour, I received a random text message from Chad Sylvester at Exodus trail cameras, wanting to buy like 150 of these things to sell on his website. And I'm like, okay, you know, God just continues to open doors to give us an opportunity. It's just for up to us to go through it. So, um, to make a long story short, uh, we continued to work on the path of helping these families with sick kids and we had to start the foundation as just a way to run the money through. Um, and, uh, Lester's feet's actually named after my grandfather. My grandfather's name was Lester Schickel, huge bow hunter, um, and kind of my mentor and, and, and hero in life, but he had size 14 shoes. And I always said that I wanted to figure out a way to fill his shoes one day. So that's where the name came from. And that is a, a beautiful, beautiful story, Terry. I, I commend you guys on it. Um, obviously, I think people are, are interested in knowing as well what uh, what it is they can they can win here. Obviously, I think you've, yeah. you've alluded so, to Don and, and yourself, perhaps. Yeah. So Don and I, Don and I at Chasing Giants, how this started was we wanted to auction off a a hunt on each of our properties. 
So um, we started finding ways to actually navigate that. And, but we wanted it to where every single one of the people who wanted to contribute had a chance to win that hunt. If we left it as an auction, um, without kind of sounding negative, what would happen is if we left it as an auction, a high roller would come in and just pay stupid money to hunt Don Higgins' home farm, right? Right. And Terry um, Pierce. And, I mean, come on, let's be real now, Terry. Uh, not as not as much as Don's. That's a special place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hear you guys you, buddy. have been there. So we wanted it to be where everybody that wanted to participate. So we just decided to do an open raffle. And then uh, we sent a couple emails to our sponsors and asked if they wanted. Of course, they were all in once they heard the story. So right now, starting today, the auction is open. It's perfect timing. Uh, the auction is open. It's an online auction, and it is at sconlinesales.com. That's Sam catsalesonline.com go to the outdoors tab and you'll see uh, Lester's feet uh, SC out, uh, outdoors uh, SC online sales stepped up and basically is doing this raffle auction for us for free so you can buy a ticket for $25 or you can buy five tickets for 100 there's no cap on how many tickets you buy if you have more than one ticket you can actually get drawn for multiple things so we want to encourage people to buy as many as they can as they want to um, the, the two hunts are the grand prize winners, but we got 60, I believe off the top of my head, 66 or 67 prizes around $15,000 in value. So Matthew's, uh, Matthew's bow, a 360 blind, uh, Yeti coolers, Reconyx cameras, uh, Wise cameras, Exodus cameras, um, all different kinds of stuff. I mean, there's a tree farm that even donated 10 grafted persimmon trees uh, for habitat projects, which is really cool. So um, the if you go to uh, lustersfeetfoundation.org or to sconlinesales.com, there's a full list of all of the 66 or 67 prizes in addition to the two hunts that we're giving away. And we're going to draw those names on a on an episode of Chasing Giants on July 4th. So you have until July 4th to purchase your tickets. And uh, I think it's going to be a great time and raise a lot of money for families that could really use it. So I think a question that, that's probably going to be asked is how does licensing work? So let's say someone from the state of Pennsylvania wins a hunt in Illinois or Kentucky, how do they go about getting licensed? What's What are the proper channels and, and things for that? As far as the hunts go, um, whether you're hunting in Illinois or in Kentucky, the archery tag is over the counter. So the, the hunts themselves, the only expense that the, that the winner will have is getting to Don's or my house. We're taking care of lodging, meals. We're going to, I mean, Don will take the, the person to Walmart and, and buy their tag. I'll buy the tag of whoever wins the hunt on my place. So we're actually buying the license and the tag for the uh, in-state or out-of-state hunter. Um, we pay for the lodging. We pay for the, um, the meals. Um, I'm going to go up to Don's for the hunt that the winner wins there. Don is coming to my house, so we're both going to be with whoever wins this prize on each of our properties and hunting with these guys and getting to know them. And then also the taxidermy for the, hunt, the deer that they harvest is going to be provided also. That's it, yeah, inc incredible. And, and in addition to that, and, and, and here I want to make sure I tell everybody this here, uh, for more information on this as well, to more detailed information on all the prizes offered there, 
episode 60 of Chasing Giants. I hope I got that right, Terry, didn't I? I just I know that was the most released. Yep. Yeah. yeah, we went we went through it on the last episode, yeah. Yeah, but also in addition to that, you guys are going to offer to film the hunt and yep. professionally produce the hunt for the individual or if they choose to, you guys are going to share that hunt on Chasing Giants YouTube channel, Yeah, right? regardless, regardless, they're going to get a produced hunt. Um, uh, if they don't want to show it on YouTube on our on our platform, that's that's totally cool. But if they would say, yeah, go ahead and show it, um, we'll be happy to share it with everybody and, and be part of the story. Um, but regardless, we'll be running camera for them. Now, I will say that Don's hunt is going to have a couple uh, bucks that are on the do not shoot list. He has a couple uh, up and comers that he wants to live. Um, so on his farm, you might have to see a total tote of a three-year-old walk by and not be able to shoot it. You know what that's um, like, don't you? Uh, yeah, I've done that uh, many years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but on mine, I, I don't care. Um, I don't have anything that's going to be gigantuous. So, um, you know, um, targeting a targeting opening weekend velvet buck. But if you see a hard horn 150 and you want to shoot it, if you see a hard horn or velvet 115 and you want to shoot it, I don't care. So makes you happy. that that kind of transitions to dates. Have, have there been dates established for the respective hunts? Yeah, so I'm going to be doing mine the opening weekend of September 2021 season, so just a few months away. I think it's September 4th, 5th, and 6th. It's the holiday weekend when Kentucky opens. That'll be a Saturday, Sunday, Monday evening hunt. And Don is doing his on the third week of October. And he'll float those three days based on the hunter. Um, but it's going to be right around the third week. So it's going to be a pre-rut hunt right in the sweet spot of when his farm just starts popping. I mean, that's when he shot Mel and Smokey. So, um, you know, it's, it's right in the, the really cool time where uh, those bucks start shifting. So you could, you could have bucks that he knows about. And, um, you know, you might have something shift that's going to come in and start looking for does there too. So awesome time to hunt both of the properties. Absolutely. And, and folks, for those of you listening to this right now, I I know Terry, you threw out a, a figure you said about fifteen thousand dollars worth of of prizes in this. That that is nowhere near the amount of prizes that are actually going to be awarded here. And, and the reason I say that is, uh, you know, Terry, earlier I know you said that somebody would come in with a high bid just to buy these hunts, especially right. on Don's property. You know, knowing right. that you know two two hundred inch deer uh, plus two hundred inch deer coming off of there in just the last few years, but it's it's literally the dream property and everything mm-hmm. that goes along with this package i would hate to even think about the amount of money that that hunt would bring in an auction setting i mean it, it would be unreal like well, I, I can tell you exactly what it can't be it can't be over a certain dollar figure we have to change our uh um raffle licensing with the state of Kentucky where it's hosted at. So uh, as far as the, as far as the, I know what you're saying and I appreciate that, but um, the, uh, the $15,000 of prizes does not include the hunts. That's just the retail value of the 67 prizes. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, the, um, we, we didn't even put a value on that. I mean, we're Illinois out of state license, archery tags and license will be about 400 bucks. The taxidermy is going to be, you know, four to 500 bucks that we're, that we're uh, providing and then meals and lodging on both sides. So, um, you know, it's, it's worth a lot from a value standpoint, but we just want to get to know people that want to help others, uh, like-minded outdoorsmen that just want to say, Hey, you know, 
let's go and hang out with Don and Terry for three days on in, in Kentucky or Illinois. That's what's going to be the, the cool part about it. Well, and I, and I think it's probably worth stressing, as with any charitable function, uh, no donation is too small. You know, get on there, and, and if it's yeah, just I mean, one, one unit, guys, go ahead and, and buy it. Uh, yeah, it's if it's one help. ticket, buy, buy one ticket now, and if you, you get a couple extra dollars, you get a rat hole hid for Mama, and you want to buy <laughs> some more tickets later, get, get them then. You right, know? sure. Yeah, so the, the cool thing about this is, um, you know, even if you're not tech savvy, um, contact us. Uh, we actually have a ways that you can mail in a check to buy the same raffle ticket and have the same chances. So just give us a contact on social media or through our website. Um, and the cool part about us partnering with SC online sales, um, you know, with COVID coming in, everybody's charitable stuff has kind of been hurt, right? We can't have golf outings. It's harder to do different get togethers and they've kind of, um, they started as an online livestock auction company. So they've kind of morphed their, their business model to accommodate, especially the outdoors, uh, donations and raffles and everything. So, if, if you don't have $100 right now and you have $25, you can buy a ticket now and you can buy a ticket next month and you can buy a ticket before it closes. So it's not like it has to be one transaction. You can do it as you have the spare money. Um, you can do it all in one time. However you want to do it between now and July 3rd, you're going to have a shot to win you know, some, some pretty cool prizes and uh, hopefully get to, to hunt two good properties. Well, I commend you guys again. Big thanks to to Terry and Don at Chasing Giants and anybody involved. I know there's a lot of people that partnered to to make this thing possible. If you want to learn more, check out SC Online Sales, Lester's Feet Foundation. Both of those will will get you what you need to know. And, and I'm assuming Terry, if they have more specific questions, they can probably reach out to you guys as well. Uh, Dave and I won't be much use. We'll probably have to redirect. But uh, yep, just forward them my way. We'll we'll help you out out any way you can. So. Well, thank thank you so much for for doing this. Uh, it's far bigger than than any of us. And uh, man, I know Dave and I think it's awesome. Absolutely. You guys better buy your raffle tickets. Are we eligible? Well, yeah, sure. absolutely, we're eligible. I told we, right before we got you on, Terry. Uh, JP said, "Well, we're probably not eligible." I said, "Oh yes, we are." You, you better believe, oh Dave's going to be Why buying some be? raffle tickets. Absolutely. <laughs> now, if, now, if I start if I start pulling Terry Peer names out when it comes to that uh, <laughs> those Reconyx cameras or that 360 hunting blind, that might be a little oh. shady. But but no, uh, it's all for a good cause. So we appreciate anybody who's willing to help. Well, you'll you'll see something from me today, then for sure. <laughs> thanks, fellas. I appreciate it. Hey, all right. thanks for coming on, Terry. We'll be back. You're listening to Pro Talk Outdoors. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Pro Talk Outdoors. Uh, we had an awesome opening segment talking bass fishing and, and turkey, but it pales in comparison to what we just discussed in the, the meat of the episode there with Terry Peer from uh, Chasing Giants, Real World Wildlife Products, and, and what they're doing with the Lester's Feet Foundation and this incredible auction site. Uh, SC Online Sales, again, is another place you can find that. I think they're the host, technically, of this. But over $15,000 in prizes, not counting the two grand prize hunts that are on Don yeah, and Terry's and farms, respectively. Um, it, both places, folks. I can tell you, we, we have knowledge on both places as right. far as I've not We've personally. We've been to both. Well, I haven't. I, I haven't actually been to Terry's. Okay, I've been to both. Yeah, I know you have been. But I can tell you, I've seen pictures from on Terry's. I've seen video footage from Terry's. I, I've heard, I've talked to Terry many times about Incredible it. in its own right. Oh, my gosh, yes, it is. I mean, you, you talk about. Probably two of the better property. Well, I can tell you right now. Number one, Don Higgins' property is the absolute 
dream mecca, mecca property <laughs> in the entire country. I don't. I don't even need to look at anything that that the Juries have or the Lakowskis have. I can tell you right now, as far as one particular farm that is set up, absolutely perfect. There is you'll never see a better property in respect to deer hunting. And it got there from hard work. Don Higgins property. And that should and make you value this hunt more than anything. Absolutely. Coupled in there with the uh, the entire, I mean, the the ticket fees, just the camaraderie of spending time with Don and Terry. You won't find two better guys, two no. more honest, humble guys nope. that are hardworking and know what the heck they're talking about when it comes to deer hunting. Um, so. And, and, and it, the ultimate exclamation point on it is, regardless of what you're getting out of it, what what are you giving? Uh, not dollar amount, Absolutely. But, but what cause are you giving to? And I had heard of the Ward family prior to to this episode. Um, I think it's incredible what they're doing for for those folks. And uh, there's a lot of people just like the Wards out there that that need this help, and and they're going to seek those folks out and and do their best to to take care of them. And, and if you can be a small or large part of that, then you know you you've done your uh, due diligence as a human being to make the world a better place. Absolutely, and, and I love what what uh, Terry and Don have done with uh, Lester's Feed Organization mm-hmm. and the story behind that and, and how how they come up with the name. And I can tell you right now, Lester big had some big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill, and and I I know Terry is uh, making him proud, doing all he can to fill. One hundred percent. Great episode, uh, guys. I, I hope you all have enjoyed it as much as we have. And uh, until next time, Hook'em or Hunt'em, Pro Talk Outdoors. Later, guys.